Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's text is Psalm 101, a psalm of David. I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Yahweh, I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. O when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. I will look with favor on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Morning by morning I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off all the evildoers from the city of Yahweh. This is the word of the Lord. Today's text includes the idea, focuses on the idea, of rejecting, of keeping away from the evil ways of this world. So David starts out, as several of the recent psalms have done, that he will sing praise to the Lord. So he's going to sing of God's steadfast love, his unconditional love, his covenant faithfulness, his loyalty, his mercy. He's going to sing of these things as well as God's justice. And by singing of them, who hears him? His family hears him. So he's sharing God's word, he's sharing the promises and the faithfulness of God with his wife, with his children, I should say his wives, and with his children in David's case. He is sharing them with those who serve in his court as he is king, and they hear him sing praise to God. He's going to sing and be heard by his soldiers, perhaps as they prepare for battle. Maybe he's even singing in battle, or as he deals with merchants, or foreign ambassadors, or whoever it might be. David will sing of the love of God, and his faithfulness, and his justice, so that all the people who are in contact with David would come to hear of God's goodness. To you, O Yahweh, I will make music. I don't think we should read that necessarily as exclusive, that David here is suggesting it wrong to make music to somebody else, like, again, to write a love song for your wife. But it should be primary, right? We should not simply make music for our own personal enjoyment, which is what most of it is today. I think that's best construction. There's an awful lot of sheer evil in the musical industry. But our primary focus should be making music to the Lord, to the one who is, to the only one, who is worthy of our praise. 
And because, uh, again, again, as we know from the music industry, songs do stuff, don't they? They tell stories. Those stories get stuck in your head. To use an old one, how many of you remember a story about a boy named Sue? It's just an old country song. Relatively harmless. It's just a song. But you remember it. And you probably could start singing it. I don't pay much attention to all the newest hits that the world is into. We make music to the Lord because that music teaches. This is one of the beauty of hymns. It's why we're picky about it as Lutherans. It's why we want our hymns to teach something. We don't want them to be empty. We don't want them to just be nice sounding. We want them to actually be meaningful. I will ponder the way that is blameless. It reminds me of Philippians 4, verse 8, where Paul wrote, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You can go through the list. What fits? What do you know that is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, and excellent? and worthy of praise. It would only be the Lord alone. It would only be Christ that fits that description. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Here we are at Psalm 101. 100 Psalms ago, Psalm 1 speaks this way. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of Yahweh. And on his law he meditates day and night. The wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And so here, King David sets his mind on things that are good. Pondering the path that is blameless, that is, God's path. What has the Lord laid before me? Well, to walk humbly to love your neighbor, to love God above all things. Oh, when will you come to me? That's a question that we still ask today, right? Christ has promised he will return, and so we as the church pray, Amen, come Lord Jesus. But we we do often wonder. It has been almost 2,000 years. We're just a few years away from that at the time of the recording of this podcast. Maybe as early as 2027, 2028, 2029, that's the the 2,000-year anniversary would be one of those years based on the birth of Jesus and assuming 33 years to be the time of his ministry. Puts his death and his resurrection, 27, 28, or 29. Anyway, it's been a long time. When will you come to me? How long, O Lord? David longs for the presence of his God. What will he do while he waits? What will we do while we wait? That's what the rest of this paragraph covers. I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I've heard somebody define integrity as what you do when people aren't looking. And I think that fits very fantastically with what David is expressing here. That within his home, 
also within his family, which is often what the word house in the Old Testament means, the household, the family, the people. But within his home, within his family, David will walk with integrity. He will be upright as can be, right? He's still a sinner, but he's going to seek to walk upright. He's not going to to tell lies regularly and with intentionality. He's not going to walk in evil things. He's going to try to turn away from such things, and that's, again, what the rest of this will be. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. These statements require a lot of reflection or invite a lot of reflection for the Christian living in 21st century America. What worthless things do we set before our eyes? I love movies, have for a long time. Uh, When I was growing up as a teenager, part-time job, making a little income, uh, the local blockbuster, for those of you who still remember that, uh, they would put movies on clearance and sell them like two for ten or or sometimes even better deals than that. Uh, The GameStop, a game store by my house, did the same thing, three for ten on movies or whatever the deals were. I gobbled them up. I mean, I moved an entire case of movies with me to my dorm room in college. I have shelves of them at my house. And one of the things, even just last night, my wife and I were talking, we we haven't seen a new movie that we've liked in a long time. It has become more and more clear to me just how evil our entertainment actually is. We used to watch TV shows together and never really into comedy shows because they were pretty openly dark, but just watching other kinds of shows and noticing over time how much more and more evil they became. And maybe, maybe it was just at first a desensitization as we grew up in it and we didn't recognize it. And now as we mature and grow in our faith, perhaps we're seeing it more. Or maybe evil goes from bad to worse, as 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 tells us. And these things just are true. That the, the enemy, Satan, He works deceptively at first, and as his deceptions take root and take hold of us, they become more and more profound, and they don't have to hide as much anymore. That's certainly the way America has gone. The devil didn't use demon possession in the United States for a very long time, at least not openly and obviously, like you see in the gospel accounts, because his hoodwink, his lie here in this place, had been to convince the world that there is nothing spiritual. God's just a myth. God doesn't exist. There is no hell. There's no heaven. There's none of that stuff. The evolutionary atheistic mindset, right? But now more and more, that's no longer the belief in our culture. It is becoming a much more spiritual place with things like Satanism and Wicca on the rise. The devil is working in different ways now, perhaps, than he has before. More obvious ways because it's no longer beholding to him It's no longer for his good to hide. 
to have revealed himself in his ways in the past would have caused people to seek out God. It would have caused them to recognize there actually is something spiritual. But now he can work differently. I, I just, I don't think the entertainment, the things that we choose to set in front of our eyes, they're not hiding anymore. They're pretty straightforwardly against Christianity, against the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, against that which we would otherwise call good. It's not just movies, or we've talked about music as well. What do we set before our eyes all day? And what of it actually has any value, lasting value? Almost all of it's worthless. That is, we'll perish in the fire on the last day. If what you're setting before your eyes is God's word, if what you're setting before your eyes are those that you care about, those things are not worthless. Jesus died for those people, right? Serve your neighbor. Spend time with people. Spend time in his word. Choose the things that endure. I hate the work of those who fall away, it shall not cling to me. Uh, Again, same challenge. How many of the things in our home, how many of the things in our day are the work of those who have fallen away? The work of those who rebel against God? Far too many. And we have wrongly convinced ourselves. This is enlightenment thinking from a couple centuries ago, but it's been developing and advancing. Basic thought is that mankind, people, are good. And so we'll go to the news and we'll listen to the newscaster and we'll think they're, they're telling us the truth. But if they're not Christian, what reason do they have to tell the truth? Their father is the devil, John eight forty four, and he is the father of lies. There's a spiritual war afoot here. When we lose sight of it, Satan Satan has very much so already deceived us, and we are in grave danger as Satan prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. When we let our guards down, he attacks. This is not to say you cannot be involved in the world. You have to be. As a Christian, we are not to be monks and live in monasteries hidden from the rest of the world. We're called to love our neighbor. We're called to share Christ with them. We cannot do that if we don't have anything to do with them. So this isn't even to say you can't hire a plumber who's not a Christian. I would not make that case. When you bring him into your home, show him hospitality. Show him the love that a Christian can show. Let him see, let him know the goodness that is Christ. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. This is the idea of partaking, to know intimately, to be a part of evil. David will keep it distant from himself. This is not to be confused with the idea that we would know evil for the sake of discerning. To know what is good and what is evil is necessary. But that doesn't mean you have to to swim in the evil pool, right? You can know something is evil because God has said so, and you can take him at his word. So the ability to discern is is important for the Christian, very much so today. To be able to look at something and know if it's true or false, to be able to look at something and know if it's going to build up or tear down, to know if it's good or evil. 
So David is going to then share as his role as king, his vocation, one of his vocations, part of how he'll do this. So he's going to get rid of evil from Israel. Those who slander their neighbor in secret, he will destroy. Wasn't too secret if it's reached the king's ears. He's going to seek to snuff out those who violate the Eighth Commandment, who tear down the reputation of those around them. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, pride, I will not endure. That's all over our society. Pride is everywhere, championed as the greatest thing a man can have. It's evil. Pride is perhaps the chief evil. So we rely on ourselves and not on the Lord. David will not put up with it. Instead, he will look with favor on the faithful. He will let them dwell with him. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. The word minister there we should probably take as serve. I know the Greek can be interchangeable to serve or to minister to. The original Hebrew word sharath looks like it can pull the same kind of, of move. So, serving the king. He's going to surround himself with those who are faithful. The walk in the way of the blameless. I, in my own notes, I underlined the way and noted it's the first name that were, was given to the Christian church. They were called the way until they were insultingly called Christians later on and the name stuck. Focus on the blameless. The path, verse 2, that God has laid before us. The path that leads to life because that path is Christ. Again, no one who practices deceit shall be dwelling in his house. No one who utters lies before his eyes. David is going to seek to remove these things. Deceit is not the Christian way. This is something worth saying today because sometimes as Christians, living in a broken world, we fall into this trap. We think it's okay to deceive somebody else if it will bring about a good purpose. We even talk about it within the church. I don't like bait-and-switch tactics. To deceive a person to come to church thinking that they're going to get one thing when that's not really what we intend to give them. Let's just be who we are from the get-go. Let's give them Jesus from the get-go. And if the Holy Spirit works through his word to create faith, thanks be to God. The world can sniff out deceit. The world has enough against the church. We don't need to add to it. Morning by morning. I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off the evildoers from the city of Yahweh, Jerusalem. Family question, who would be left if the king went about Jerusalem killing all the evil people in Jerusalem, who would be left? On the one hand, we would say nobody. No one would be left, not even the king. I mean, what did he do with Bathsheba and Uriah, the Hittite, one of his mighty men? This is what we all deserve. No one is righteous, no, not one. And yet, there is also a level where we need to be careful about this. This is our Lutheran theology kind of going overboard into the other side of the ditch sometimes, the other side of the road into the other ditch, I guess. The idea that I am, I am a poor, miserable sinner, I can only ever sin, I can never 
do God's law perfectly. There is something true to that. I'm not denying that. But at the same time, sometimes it causes us to to fail to actually do the law. And we just throw up our hands and say, well, I can't. But God actually gave his law with the intention we do it. God didn't just give the Ten Commandments to kill us. He gave the Ten Commandments because they're actually good. Right? Imagine if your community that you live in kept the Ten Commandments, everybody. Nobody lied, nobody swore, nobody stole, nobody took from uh, jealousy or, or any of that. Imagine a world where nobody killed one another, where nobody hurt one another. And we can't even imagine it, but it's good. And so David wants his kingdom to follow God's law. This is commendable. This is good. Seek that which is good. Walk in the way of the blameless. Yes, we will falter. We will stumble. We will trip. And Christ is there with us. He forgives us always. But let us seek to actually live as he has called us to live as his people. Thus is what King David is up to. He praises the Lord, and he seeks to live according to his holy word.